Hello, you are listening to Somniloquy, your monthly podcast about all things creative, pseudoscientific and a little bit absurd. I'm Janat, your host, and joining me today are Joe and Jonas. How are you both? Pretty good. Yeah, good. You? Fine. Great. Exciting. I'm also very excited <laughs> for our second installment. Um, how to start? So, I wanted to talk about planning. Yes, but we didn't plan very much what no, we were we going to talk about. Wait, we're cutting this out, um, right? <laughs> no, we have to keep it in. <laughs> no editing. That's that's the rule. Planning of what kind, Jeanette? So, planning creative projects initially, but I was talking to Steve, whose mic I'm borrowing, and he said, yes, you should plan. So I think that answers that question. I think right, that's a wrap. That... <laughs> that's a wrap. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> right. Thanks, Steve. We've we've all decided that you should plan. So go plan. All right. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Next it. month. <laughs> 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 it is. It's a monthly podcast. Ah, that's we've planned the next one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's rewind a little bit. So yeah, I think that all depends on what you mean by plan. Because <laughs> you can plan to do something like, I'm going to write a novel. Is, is that a plan? Or do you have to say, I'm going to write a novel with 63 chapters, and here's a detailed description of every single one. You see, there's levels of planning. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette, I think you need to start us off with some kind of essay question or thesis. I do have a question planned actually. Thesis statement or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think let's have the planned question. Um also wait just think... before you start. Just to avoid confusion, once you've said your thesis statement, can you say either say my name or Jonas's name just <laughs> right. to know who who replies first because that's always I think what we should do is both start at the same time, then both pause to let the other exactly. one go and have a few moments of silence, then both start again at the same time. <laughs> yep. And that would be the fun thing to do. Exactly. It's like when you run into somebody on the street and then you both... Right. You dance for a little bit. Dance. Yeah. I love that dance. It's my favorite dance. <clears throat> it's the I safety can't... dance. <laughs> it is. It is pretty much the safety dance. Um, right. We've wasted three and a half minutes of recording. I don't think it's called a waste if we don't know how to get started. But, Ouch. so, We're so my question to you both is, do you think we At should one. plan our lives? <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Uh, to uh, do a very limited degree, yes. Jonas? Uh... I think that planning to do something is good, but the more specifics you get into, the worse it becomes. So I am pro vague plans only. Vague okay, well, plans. I am. I am from a country where people plan everything in advance. So I've heard foreigners say, "Well, the one thing they couldn't get used to in Holland is how if you want to arrange even to visit somebody's house, you have to get out your planner." And say, well, I'm going to come by on the 22nd at 
5 p.m. That's just how it works here. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that kind of planning just because it, I feel like it makes life run very smoothly. Um, and it forces me to be a little bit, bit more conscientious, I guess. But in terms of planning your life as in your career or yeah. when you're going to have children and when you're going to buy a house and where, I, I don't really believe in that very much because things always go differently. Yes, it, that's how I feel. A plan is just a list of things that is not going to happen. So a plan, okay, so a list <laughs> of things that's not going to happen. Is that, is that the same does the same apply to a plan that you make for a story to write? Uh, for me personally, probably, yes. I, because if I plan it, if I write out all the things I'm going to do, then I feel like I've already done them, and then I don't write the story. That's just ah. how it goes for me. Uh, so does that mean you get bored with it, or is it... I, I lost all my creative drive. If I put too much energy into writing a very detailed outline, it's like that's all my story writing energy because that's where I get the excitement from is creating it. And if right. I feel like I've already created it, yeah. I've already done it, then I don't want to just write it again, which is what it would feel like after I've done a very detailed, specific outline, then I feel like that's me just writing the story right there. Right, that makes sense. So you're kind of wasting a bit of your creative energy by putting in just enough to come up with a detailed plan, but not, but not enough I wouldn't to... say wasting. Uh, it's because for a lot of people, that's very useful. For me, I it's paradoxically hindering to me because I feel like I've already written the story, if that makes any sense. <coughs> uh, <laughs> yes plan ahead <laughs> right uh, yeah. no it, it does it makes sense to me because i think i'm the same um but it also for me another element of it is kind of fooling myself into thinking that i've done things and i have the, this ah. everything in life if i make a to-do list or something it's so satisfying to go like well I was being so prudent. I made a to-do list of things that I have to do. <laughs> and this will make sure that I do them on time. Uh, better go fuck off and do something else with my time because I've already made a plan. I don't need to do, work, do the work right now. That's how it works for me. And that goes for story writing as well, which takes me quite a lot of effort. And if I've channeled that effort into making a plan, I feel like I've done enough for the time mm. being. It's like, oh, okay, I'll revisit that later. I've done enough for now. Let's go watch netflix or something i see yeah. but is there like so one plan a... you've made that you're glad that you planned ahead like not for right. a story but for your life in so life. like leaving the country for example that was a plan right or did you oh, just well, do it on yeah. a whim um it was something in between a whim and a plan <laughs> a wham <laughs> I mean, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you need to, if you're leaving the country, you need to plan to a certain degree because you need to know when your plane is going, whatever. You need to know yeah. where you can live. You gotta get, so you get can't just, uh, I mean, or, yeah. I'm sure there's some adventurous people who read Eat, Pray and Love and who, you know, go to India on a whim or something on some kind of spiritual quest. I um, hope I'm not hurting too many of our listeners, but... You are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but it wasn't very planned out either because i didn't go i didn't go abroad with a plan a long-term plan so 
which is like, well, you know, it'll be fun to live somewhere else for a while. But I had no idea what I was going to do there until I got there. Um, mm-hmm. So what it was about in between leaving? a whim and a plan. Sorry. What's that? Leaving. What about leaving? How was that part uh, of your plan? No, I'm a remainer. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> I hate it. You know this is meant to come out in February. No, in March. Right, so it's not very in topical. March. Well, we should have already Actually, left. in March, it's the most. It's going to be the most topical it's going to ever be. I know. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. You, leaving itself. No, I never. I never planned to leave until about probably like two weeks before I left. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know if it's even interesting. <laughs> I have a hard time making plans because I feel like so much can change between now and whenever I'm planning for that plans are almost pointless. Well, I mean, I this is going to sound a bit insulting. Maybe you're just not a good planner because I know people <laughs> oh I know people who plan out everything and the, the best planners I know are people who not only do they make the plan, but then they make sure that the conditions for their plan to be able to be executed are there as well. So, you know, after they've made the plan, they're going to take steps immediately to make sure that it will run as smoothly as possible. Whereas I usually tend to make a plan and then be like, well, now I have a plan. Now I just need to carry it out later. Whereas you need, I think you need to start right away on it if you want to make sure that it runs oh. smoothly. That's my... That's yeah. a good point. So basically, you know, it's it's a way of um, having control over your life, obviously, and also the future. So to, I think to some degree, you can definitely make plans run smoothly, but you need to... It, it requires a lot of mental effort because you need to account for a lot of things a lot of unknown factors i don't know if i'm getting too met- metaphysical saying this. no that that pretty well makes sense uh and probably is part of why i don't like planning because i very i'm very in the moment kind of person very i live in the now i don't think about the past or the future very much so if i have to make a plan about something that requires me to do things like think about the future oh my gosh i don't want to do that no i'm I'm totally with you on that yeah i i I, ironically i postpone that so if i'm like well i need to think about my future i'll do that later (laughs) right (laughs) you'll do it in the future i do it in the future and then when the future comes around and the future becomes today i still still push ahead of me kicking the can (laughs) down the road yeah I, I just I'm a very forgetful person, anyway. So I have to I have to set little reminders for myself. Like I use the Google Calendar quite a lot for everything, and even things that I want to do, I have to remind myself to do them, or I just. You know, Jonas, I, I, know. I think I finally we finally found some common ground because I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I also use the Google <laughs> Calendar to to send myself alerts <laughs> in the future. And usually I double up on those because I know that the first one I'll forget about when it goes off. Yeah. In an inopportune like, moment. Like, well. I, I'll, I'll just dismiss it yeah. and forget like five minutes later. It's like pushing pushing <laughs> snooze on life. On just all the <laughs> Exactly like that. All the things you have to do. Yeah, no. Um, right. What about you, Jeanette? What do you, 
have you made any plans recently that you've stuck to? Um, it's usually plans other people have made, and that's what stresses me out. Because uh, why does it stress you out? Because there's an expectation that I have to deliver on someone else's plan, and it's like, oh great. Because at least if I'm doing my own plan, which I try to do all the time, I always have to-do lists everywhere on my laptop, on sticky notes, on my phone, on paper, and now I have like a weekly planner. So I have four <laughs> renditions of the same. The I have four renditions. <laughs> no, four renditions of the same tasks that I have to do, but I won't do them. I'll just add stuff to the list, and I'll be like, I'll do that later. But when it's someone else's plan, it kills me. But that's when I'm most likely to actually follow through. Right, when you're accountable. Yeah, when I'm accountable to someone else. Because that's, a, I remember when I started to read about writing, and a lot of the time people were saying to make yourself accountable to someone is a, is a good way to stick to yeah. writing. But then you've got other people saying, don't do it because it will make you resent. That's true. Either, oh. either the person that you're held accountable to yeah. or, or the thing you have to do. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think I'm more likely to resent the person for remembering. Because it's like, why are you remembering <laughs> I... this rubbish? <laughs> you don't remember my birthday. You don't remember my favorite color. But you'll remember this. I think ma- be made accountable, that's a weird way to put it. But I think having... That that might that sounds kind of negative to me. like, But... But I think it's really useful to have people who want to read whatever it is you're writing. Yeah. That's, that's like, super encouraging for me if my friends are like, oh, did you finish that chapter yet? Or, oh, what, what about that story you were writing? If I have, like, someone who wants to read it, I'm, like, a hundred times more likely to actually write it. Are you? Because I feel like, for me, that's a danger. If I, It's kind of an over-promise, under-deliver thing that can cause me a lot of anxiety if I'm, like... Yeah, well, I'm working on this. So, would you like to read it for me a week from now or something? Then, and if I if I then don't deliver on it, which will happen often, then I just feel worse, the worse for it. It's like, yeah. well, then you write it, don't you? <laughs> so you don't feel bad. I would have to, yeah, but then inevitably I wouldn't, or I would write something else. Because the thing is, if we're talking about planning, yeah. I wouldn't really. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, are we? Are we talking about planning? Um. <laughs> you can restart the sentence. If we're talking about planning. I would never. <laughs> Wait, say the whole sentence. We should have. We should have really planned this podcast. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't necessarily know a lot about what I'm gonna do in advance. So, if we're talking about um, changing circumstances. Uh, it will never turn out the way that I told this person that it was going to be. So well, don't tell him. Well, that's what I'm don't saying. That's what I'm saying. Details. For me, there's danger in telling somebody else that I'm going to do it before I've done it. I think for me, it's oh, better to tell them after I've actually made it to to show it to them. Hmm. So, um, um, how did you get find the time to make the logo? What logo? <laughs> 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 the logo for the podcast <laughs> did you plan did you plan um i yeah i did reserve time in my day for it um although not a set time but i told myself well today is uh it's wednesday <laughs> which is the day 
<laughs> a day I have a lot of t- time off, so I will have to spend at least one hour today making the logo. But I hadn't decided which hour right. that was going to be. Um, which I don't know. I it's, I'm so bad at holding myself to plans anyway. So I feel like it's almost futile to even. Because some people will go, well, you need to block in like two hours a day in your planner for writing, for example. And that would never I work to me. That. that would never work for me because then when the time comes and my planner says, well, at five o'clock you need to write. I'm like, well, who's going to care? Why I do I need to do it now? <laughs> I could do it later. I made that plan myself. I can break it. Nothing. The only way I'm able to do any writing is if I can do it at any time. Right. Like mentally, I have to be able to write at a moment's notice. Be like, oh, I have 20 minutes right now. I'll just write a couple paragraphs. Like, if I had to, if I, it, that just blocking out time just doesn't work for me in my life. Okay. So if the president called you up and, like, Jonas, we need you to write two paragraphs now, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a matter of national <laughs> importance. You would that be would ready be good for, for it. Me. But if the president called I you. I mean, called you and he said well we need to write we need you to write two paragraphs on friday at four no i'm i'm not saying he wouldn't that. write for i the mean that would be right? annoying <laughs> no not this president but anyway if, if <clears throat> anybody if anybody said like Janny often gives me uh writing assignments. do i like i need a blog oh, right. post well maybe not often but oh she, uh, that, she got you to write her to-do list like can you write the, a post about X um, in, by the end of the week or something like that? That is very good for me because suddenly I have a motivation because somebody wants me to write something. I'm not just trying to motivate myself. Right. And I have a deadline, so that's going to encourage me to actually start working on it and get it done at a certain point. So this is, so what, this is what we call in teaching extrinsic motivation. If yeah. there's some outside, you know, person or f- something else that requires you to do it, does it work better for you than intrinsic motivation? So, uh, I need more. I need really need to find in the internal motivation too. That I'm really struggling with that lately. But but to go back to your other point where you're talking about blocking out time, the reason that doesn't work for me and why I think it's overall kind of a bad strategy. I don't know why so many people suggest it is that if you have say two hours per day or week or whatever it is like i'm going to write between 3 and 5 p.m on fridays okay that's my deal there's so many things that could happen you could get a phone call somebody could interrupt you the neighbor could come over or whatever there's all these different (laughs) things that could cause I know that's like another time, another world where that would happen. But, uh, <laughs> Maybe in America, I don't know. Maybe it still happens. No, no, I, I don't. I've lived here for uh, four years. I met one neighbor, and I don't remember his name. So, anyway, I think it's John. I'm not sure. It's not Dylan. Anyway, is it? no, not okay. Dylan. Definitely not Dylan. <laughs> All right, continue. uh, No, my point is when you set a set time, then you're thinking, I'm going to write then, and thus you're not writing now. Right. So you don't write at all, 
you like you, maybe you purposely don't write because you're thinking I'm saving up all my writing for this time exactly. in the future. Yeah. And then when you get there, anything could happen, and maybe you don't actually write. Then something comes up. So I think you gotta just write now. Oh, this is whenever this is something that happens to me all the time when uh, I I try to plan things to do at a certain time, and it's just time always catches up with you, and then you can't really predict what future you what tomorrow you is going to be like so today i'll be like okay well tomorrow is a great day to work on this uni assignment and then tomorrow comes around and you feel like doing other things it always happens just without fail it's it's like uh, this thinking trap that i fall into every time even though i know yeah. from countless past experiences that future me doesn't play ball with myself can you guys <laughs> like multitask um i ask because I, yeah. um I find that I can only care about one thing at one time. So if I've got like proofreading to do, it'll be like, I only care about this and then I'll avoid anything to do with anything else because I can't concentrate on anything else at the same time. I'm very much like that as well. I can't even listen to music while doing other things. I know a lot of people oh, do, do, but I could never, for example, study while listening to music. I do everything at once. Oh yeah, we. I chat. You're I a chat, singularity. <laughs> I chat with you all while listening to music, while working at my actual job, while also writing a sentence now and then, while also making a move in a chess game, while browsing the internet. Hold on, yeah. Jonas. Is your neighbor there right now? Are you entertaining? <laughs> no. Are you entertaining him? <laughs> oh my no, god. I... That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I just love the idea that your neighbor will come around. He's just he might knock. He might knock on the door and need a cup of sugar. Right? Is that what? It, is that what it is? Yes. Is that what happens? Usually, yeah, sugar. It's always sugar. Oh, sugar or eggs. That's the only thing that runs out for some reason. <laughs> More realistically, it would probably be toilet paper or something. But then, if you're on the <laughs> toilet and you they, find out you're they, out, if they walked over, if they, walk to your if they walked over to ask for toilet paper, I, you might be a little concerned. <laughs> like, pull up your trousers really carefully and just make sure that you know. <laughs> Crab walk next door. Crab walk next door. Make sure nothing touches. Until you just hope that your neighbor's already in your house. So you can yell and be like, <laughs> go to your own house. <laughs> be more like a butler yeah. then in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. but focusing yeah. on one thing at a time. Because I feel like that's what deadlines do. And if they're close by, it's like, I can yes. only care about this one thing right now. So you'll plan in the respect that you know that you only have this limited time and you can only care about this. Yeah, so I, I really need that pressure. So usually with assignments, I, I will wait until the last couple of days and then I'll start to feel the pressure. And then and then I can get into an extreme concentration mode. But otherwise, yeah, I find it very hard. I mean, I do, I do really want to focus on one thing. So if I'm watching a film with someone, um, I'm not going to talk with them for the whole film. I really hate that. I need to be completely uh, tuned into one thing at a time. But to force myself to work on something far in advance, no, I'm really bad at that. Is that why writing is mm -hmm. so hard? Because it just feels like endless. That's why it's hard for me. Why it's open? Yeah, because it's open-ended. <laughs> yes. Open -ended. There's no if. I mean, 
short stories are one thing because I can write a short story in a couple days or a week or, you know, depending. But writing a novel is super hard because there's no, there's no like consistent reward right. for it. You're just working on this endless thing and it could take a year, you know, and you'll just hope by the end of it that it's not crap and you don't know, you have no idea. Like, yeah. Am I wasting my time? It ask, I ask myself that constantly. Should I just throw this all away and go back to, <coughs> to writing I think there's like a good way of going about it and that's making sure you know when your deadline is for each part of it. Like Joe and I tried tried i didn't even try to start a novel project thing i know jenny i'm very disappointed uh, i wanted to read that oh, so bad the collaborative yes. one because <laughs> joe wrote one chapter and then i oh. wrote none yes <laughs> and that's how you collaborate uh, and i've st- and the ball is still in your court i'm still I know. waiting i know for you to make a move it's like chess you know if you were playing with jonas you would have made a, a move i know but that's because it's oh, very okay. easy to just put a piece somewhere it doesn't have to be a good somewhere <laughs> it just has to be somewhere well you know that's true yeah that's but that, that's true. what you need to just start move. with though in our collab novel you need to put a piece somewhere i've, I've put some pieces on the board in my shitty first chapter now you need to move that's very true i'm sure i was going somewhere with this <laughs> uh just do it no <laughs> is that what thanks, you, thanks. You to say? thanks or was it just or was it just say no i can never remember uh, it's both. No, but um, I, the open-endedness, though, I think, I feel like in the start, I really enjoy that because you can go anywhere and it feels good to just get whatever on paper. But I do feel like at some point it starts wearing you down if you if you haven't narrowed it down to a certain destination. So to, for me, at least at the start, the total freedom is great and that's the reason I enjoy it. But then if I if I get further along and I don't feel like it's going anywhere, then I do lose interest. So maybe at yeah. some point you have to decide that it's going somewhere. Who's, I've never actually come that far. Who's the guy who wrote Paradise Lost? Uh, Jonas. Milton? Did you say Jonas? Yeah, Milton. <laughs> Jonas. Milton. I meant Milton. I meant Milton. Yeah. Slip of the tongue, Milton. <laughs> Jonas wrote Paradise Lost. I did actually. I'm a time traveler. Yeah, well, um, you, you did say you do everything at once. Why so not time travel? Exist, <laughs> exist at all points in time. Why not? I do. Um, because I feel like because he wrote that very long poem called "Paradise Lost." Um, uh, explain to the folks. <laughs> it was paradise. for those of you who don't poem. know. Paradise Lost. <laughs> called paradise okay, Lost. about the devil and the story is and it might be incorrect because this was from the first year of university when i didn't really pay attention he wrote right. it when he was blind and he recited it to his daughter to actually write down on paper but he did like i think it was like 10 verses a day something like that he'd hmm. come up with it in his head and then have to have to write it before he died Death is a good motivator. Have you thought about that? <laughs> is it though? I, <laughs> I think about that. I think about how much longer do I have to write things. You know, not even just dying. You never know when your circumstances oh, yeah. are going to change, and you won't be able yeah. to do the things yeah, that you're doing definitely. now. That's you true, end up yeah. trapped on a plane. Everything is temporary. But doesn't that mean that the only thing that matters is you enjoying it right in the moment instead of? 
fretting about how much time you've got to do it. But then you don't get to do anything. Well, yeah. I think. Well, nothing, nothing <laughs> not? worthwhile because lots of things take a lot of time. Right. Yeah, that's true. Actually, so a lot of worthwhile things, probably most worthwhile things, take. Yeah, a long like time. soup. I mean, you have to wait for yeah. a while. Oh God! Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or defrosting yeah. turkey. Yeah. Wow. Oh, How many yeah. times do you do that? You're vegetarian. I've never actually done it. I've never actually done it. <laughs> Joe the vegetarian. <laughs> Defrosting. I don't know why that don't. popped into my mind. Just don't, I just thought uh, because we have an American podcast, I should say something. <laughs> always defrosting to, to every relate. every year every year the fire department has to put out a psa telling people not to drop frozen turkeys into their deep fryers like people wait how that. big are people's deep fryers they they have big these big outdoor vats of oil that you fry things in right and every year somebody will drop a frozen turkey in there and it just causes an explosion of oil everywhere and sets things on fire, injures oh, people. No. Yeah. So this is completely off topic. What is this but weird noise? Speaking of turkeys. Sorry, I was getting a message. I had to mute my other device over there. Yeah, speaking of turkeys. Yeah, start the story again without the beeps. <laughs> oh, just, uh, yeah, people here like their deep fried turkeys. And every year the police or the fire department has to put out a warning to people not to drop frozen turkeys into their deep fryers because it causes an explosion of burning oil everywhere <laughs> if i worked at the fire, that... if i worked at the fire department this would be the best time of the year i would enjoy that so much you can look on Just youtube and find videos designing like, a mascot or something for those posters <laughs> yeah. like you know. Well, that's that's the desire for instant gratification, I think. Like, I got this frozen turkey, I want to cook it right now. I'm just going to drop yeah. it into this boiling oil and it'll be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be done. Like, that's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes. Writing, like cooking a turkey, takes some you preparation. You know what I thought was Stuffing. funny? Just because you said the police... No, I know what you said. <laughs> I meant the fire, fire department. department. Yeah. And I thought, imagine it was a crime. <laughs> oh, that's horrible crime. <laughs> yeah. It's a crime. Cook your turkey incorrectly, ma'am. Gonna have to take you away. Gonna have to take you away and the turkey. <laughs> the I'm confiscating this turkey. <laughs> it's like an evidence locker at the police I department, know. full of half yeah, <laughs> deep fried turkey, full of turkeys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what are what are we talking about? <laughs> it also reminds me of the time that we went on. I went to a bilingual school, secondary school, English Dutch, and for English we went to we went on exchange to Boston, USA, uh -huh. not, Boston, not the old Boston. So I don't even think there is one. Um, yeah, I think there is one because our most yeah, would be called named after New Boston or Virginia. Why? <laughs> Virginia. What? <laughs> I know that in Alabama there's a town called Birmingham. Oh. It's not called New Birmingham. It doesn't need to. Oh yeah, and there's a place called Manchester I... as well. Oh, anyway, right. okay, never mind. Carry on. 
Yeah, and there's a London in Canada, I think. Anyway, um, went to Boston <laughs> and we stayed. We couldn't stay in the city because it was too expensive. So the school found this place we could stay at. That was a marine research center on the coast near Boston, but not in Boston. Um, ah. And we got to stay there. And it was a pretty nice place. It was, you know, beautiful stretch of coast. It was this big research center there where normally scientists would stay, but now we were staying in their rooms. Pretty cool. But to be able to stay there at a discounted price, we had to participate in their um, outreach program, like educational outreach program, which was designed for 12 year olds. And we were 16, oh, 17. No. <laughs> so we had to go out on the trawler into the sound and drop these nets and like dredge up crabs and shit just like things that we had all done when we were like eight or something because in holland everybody lives near the coast so we, we weren't very impressed with this and then <laughs> to top it all off we had to uh find a piece of seaweed and stick it on a piece of paper Why? and like <laughs> write the scientific name next to it in pencil and just like <laughs> measure it and stuff just <laughs> So uh, when we went back back to Holland a week later, we all took our, we had to take our (laughs) pieces of paper with seaweed on it in our suitcases. And then we we got back home and then the summer was near and then we all left our pieces of seaweed stuck on paper in our lockers over the summer. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we came back after the summer, we opened our lockers. Uh, it was a horrible stench, <laughs> but it made for a great story because I wouldn't have remembered much about the trip at all. I think if I hadn't kept the seaweed. They plundered it. My point being that maybe this is similar to requiring a lot of time to prepare turkey. <laughs> That's so loose. <laughs> it's so loosely related. <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys weren't saying anything, so I just... <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with it. You ended up with seaweed. Well, the, la- the lady at the... Well, I say lady, but she was probably That's, about 19. That still means probably she's a in, lady. Probably in, probably an intern. <laughs> well, US doesn't have ladies. Um, she was about 19, probably. <laughs> she, she had a bit of a, a mustache, I remember. And... <laughs> She got really angry because the crabs that we fished up, we dug on the beach. We dug this little arena into the sand, and then we dropped the crabs in it, and then we had crab fights. And then she got really angry. So <laughs> the next year, we weren't allowed to, or our school wasn't wow, allowed to stay there. Wow, you ruined it. Wow, I did, yeah. you ruined well, it. Well, not me personally. All the future like... generations <laughs> by abusing those poor crabs. Planning. Yes, well, um, I don't think it's totally necessary in writing like everyone seems to think it is. But are they better writers? I, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe, I think certain things probably require <coughs> very detailed plans and structures, like a mystery novel, whereas other things might not. But does it, does it though? I mean, I've never tried to write a mystery novel, but... I haven't either, just for that reason that I... Maybe it's an assumption. Maybe I assume it takes more planning than... I mean, a, a mystery is, is satisfying if 
obviously if it has a if it's solvable and it has a reasonable solution but i feel like you could also write a mystery novel by just thinking of a cool mystery to start out with and then going from there and then you can always go back and make it consistent later right do you need to really that's true you could fix everything with editing yeah if I were to write a mystery novel, I probably wouldn't know who the killer was or who they'd killed or why when I started. Exactly, yeah. In fact, it would may- maybe make it less exciting for you to write if you knew beforehand. Yeah. You guys, Have you guys ever yeah. seen Lost, the show? I have, yes. Yeah, I think, I think that started out really well. I feel like that started out with them just thinking of cool ideas like uh, people crash on an island and we'll go from there. And then they thought yeah. of this mysterious hatch that was in the forest, and they thought of this smoke monster thing, and they brought in all these things that were Spoiler just cool alert. and exciting and mysterious. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: nothing makes sense. <laughs> uh, but they probably went overboard because Lost is notorious for leaving a lot, a lot of loose ends or things that. Oh, well, I would say more than a lot, like all. All basically. All the, end, all the ends were loose. Yeah. All the ends were loose. But, <laughs> but that's the thing I think that's the trouble with um, with uh, popular entertainment is people feel everything must be explained and must make perfect sense and there is such a thing as something that's just there for like the ambiance or the tone or yeah, the exactly. feeling it gives you without everything making logical clockwork sense you know in fact like, I think a lot of the time it works better that way. So uh, I went to see the new film, or at least it's new here. It's probably been released in the U.S. already. Wildlife, which is a very, uh, it's a simple story. It's about two parents in, I think, 1960s America and their son. And then it's just about the mom being a homemaker, not being satisfied with her life. And then um, there's a lot of tension in that marriage. But what made the film so effective is you see it from the perspective of the son. And mm. the theme is, you know, finding out that your parents are actual people that also have flaws and, you know, kind of thwarted plans and desires. But what makes the film effective is that you don't, the parents do weird stuff and you don't always, it's not always explained to you why. So in the end, you're kind of left wondering, well, you know, I didn't understand the, the inner life of these characters completely, uh, mm. somewhat, but not completely. And I think that's what made the film so effective because it leaves you guessing. You don't need everything explained. If I feel like if the the filmmaker had explained every single bit about why the mom uh, was doing what she was doing, um, I won't give any spoilers. I would have been disappointed with the film because then, you know, there's nothing left I, to think about at the end. I very agree. <clears throat> very agree. If uh, I love ambiguity, maybe a little too much, but it, that's the thing. That's exactly the thing. Uh, it there would be nothing to talk about. Yeah, isn't, isn't that there would be nothing us... to think about? It would just be this is what it is. Okay, I'm done with it, and then you just forget it because so what? Yeah, isn't it what but, keeps us reading is wanting to know, you know, how it continues, and then that, that's at yeah, least for me that's usually the driving force of me. Like oh, I'm so curious about what's going to happen to this character, or you know, is this going to get resolved or not? But I feel like if you resolve everything. Yeah, it, feel, it feels a bit, to me, it usually feels like a disappointment if they uh, if they solved everything at the end. What do you think, Janat? Um, do you have the same thing? 
I was no. <laughs> I. <laughs> you want resolution? You can have a resolution without like a diagram of everything that happened exactly explained in one hundred percent no other interpretations allowed clarity. Yeah. One thing I always have to think be very of, hyperbolic. <laughs> no, I, I one example I always um, catch myself thinking of is Harry Potter, where they I feel like they reveal too much about Dumbledore. I remember when I read all about his past and whatever, and even then J.K. Rowling later going on Twitter saying that he was gay. I felt like that was too much, it kind of ruined the mystery for me. What I liked about <laughs> Dumbledore is that he was this grand figure that who was wise and powerful, but you didn't know exactly why. And you didn't know yeah. exactly what his motivations were. And I felt like it worked well that way. So it can definitely be disappointing. Yeah. That's, I think, also an issue that Star Wars has. Like, Darth Vader used to be this imposing, mysterious figure who was really, like, powerful and scary. He was like a guy in the background. You didn't really know much about him or what he was doing or why. And now it's like... You know, he's just some whiny brat with anger management problems. Like, who cares? But do you find that with, like, <laughs> writing? Like, you want something to play with? Some kind of ambiguity before you start writing? I I definitely do. I want it after I am done writing, too. I've got to have things... I, w I love when different people can see different things in the same story. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm very much on the same page there. Yeah, I, And in fact, if I'm writing, I'm trying to keep it ambiguous even to myself, which is difficult. Because mm -hmm. you're the one doing it. But uh, yeah. I, I really do derive a lot of joy from not knowing where it's going to end up. So I used to actually do quite a lot of planning and then it never panned out because of the thing I mentioned before where I was already, mm -hmm. you know, self-satisfied with the planning and also kind of, yeah, I've lo I, I expended my creativity on that. So now I just start wherever, usually in the middle of a scene or, you know, I think of, of a certain scene that would be cool and then write around that and just that, fill in the gaps later. That's pretty much exactly how I evolved in my writing too. Like I was, I always I don't know, I don't want to say was told, but everything I knew about writing or had absorbed about it or whatever, in whatever way, told me that extensive, extensive planning is the only way to write. Like, I thought every writer just planned out everything before they wrote it. Yeah, basically and, make a diagram of our characters. And I would, yeah, and I would hear about these people talking like, I don't know, I just started writing. Uh, I don't know, my character's tell me what to do and I, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard how can anyone write anything good just by starting to write and but then I tried it and that's you the only that way you know that guy Jack Kerouac as <laughs> like the yeah. guy who wrote oh I've heard the name the I don't road. know who he is so. on the road that long piece that's yeah. famous oh him, yeah the motorcycle in one go book on, like a, on fax paper on a typewriter yeah. Um, people always think right. that's incredible. Oh, I didn't know that. He sat down and wrote it nonstop, basically, over, what was it, 18 days, 18 hours, something dumb, 18 months. 
18 mm. minutes. 18 minutes. <laughs> it might not even be 18. <laughs> but the thing is, he didn't technically plan the novel, but he wrote loads of scraps of stuff, excerpts, that he would later include in the novel. Mm. So it's not really planning, but it is thinking ahead and then piecing stuff together afterwards, like having a jigsaw puzzle yeah. and being like, ooh, how are these going to fit? It's a different kind of planning. Yeah, exactly. And some of the pieces you might discard. Yeah. He's probably... That, definitely. I mean, there's planning and there's planning. Like writing an outline and writing down exactly what's going to happen, I can't do. But I still think (laughs) about things. Of course, yeah. A long time, a lot of time before I start writing them. I'll mull an idea around in my head, you know, for months or years sometimes before I ever write it. Yeah, and the scraps thing, I, I do that. I I have a giant Google Drive document that just it has a, just loose thoughts on it, or even words or anything that I just dump on there, and then sometimes I scroll through it to just yeah. kind of breathe in the ideas. Um, privately, I call it a kind of it's like a thundercloud. It's like little clouds gathering together in a big one. And it's no longer private. Cool comes out of eventually it. Some, lightning strike some yeah some spark comes out of it that i like and then i'll use that um I, to me that works really well if i just have this jumble this chaos of ideas and words and then something like rolls out of it sometimes i do that i'm, I'm not sure if i would call it planning though because i i don't write those things down to, to use it yeah. at a certain point but i, I think that kind of speaks yeah. back to what you were saying about yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. I just wait for him to come by. And then he'll and give then you an idea. You never know when it's going to happen. And then, boom. What if he moved? You need to call them a stranger by then. Um, I can't remember. No, but go on. I'll just say it again what I remember, and then we can piece it all together. <laughs> you said that speaks back to what you, meaning me, the said about it. No, you were talking yeah, about <laughs> when planning, creating the right environment for someone to like actually yeah. carry out the plan. Earlier, when you were saying the best planners are people who actually create the environment oh, yeah, like... to do the plan. So for you, it's the yeah. same yeah. in the sense that you write down all your ideas and then you're creating an environment that you can kind of step into to create the thing that you want to create. Yeah, exactly. It's like a time capsule, and that you can dig up at any time you want to. Yeah. Kind of dig, like sift through it. And I know, Jeanette, you once talked to you once said how important it is to create a space for yourself in which you can be creative. I feel like yeah, that's definitely related to it. And earlier you said that yeah. you can only focus on one thing, right? So I feel like that's yeah. also part of that environment that you need to create for yourself, or at least I do. Um, and that's for me actually it helps a lot to even have a designated like physical space where i write yeah. and i other spaces i don't write in just to yeah it's it's kind of like uh, the coffee shop yeah. idea where people go like oh i'll go to a coffee shop to write except for too me that doesn't work at all um too much <laughs> distraction is also like a cliche. cliche so when i'm in a coffee shop i feel like wow <laughs> I feel like a walking cliche and I feel like, wow, I need to be writing now. And that very, like, pressure that I put on myself. Don't you hate the coffee shop thing? To me, at least. And all, Both of you guys really expensive. hate the coffee shop cliche, but I think it's hilarious. 
Why? Why? I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind being in the coffee shop. Sometimes you just are out and you need somewhere with Wi-Fi, so you go in the coffee shop. Well, you say that, but I think <laughs> I think a lot of people go there on purpose. They have Wi-Fi, they have Wi-Fi oh, really? home, but they still go there to write. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that there's loads of people like that. Are they those those um, air quotes writers who don't actually write anything but just present themselves as a writer yes, to everyone me. they meet me. and talk about the novel they've been planning for 17 years yes. but haven't written the first chapter of? But the irony is, Joan, is that they go to this coffee shop that all the other patrons there are like them they're also writers don't write <laughs> so they're just talking to each other about the and writing. they're all waiting they're all waiting for someone to walk past and go oh what are you writing <laughs> yeah. and then they can talk about their brilliant novel that they haven't started said no one I know. <laughs> to me to go like oh what are I you think writing? that's what we should do from now on just interrupt <laughs> we're people probably, in we're probably being very mean and just go what are you writing and then see what they say <laughs> i want to pick it up like a obituary of all the writers obituary. that are about to die. <laughs> no, but especially if I was having trouble writing, I would never ask that question to anyone else because I would just feel shit. Yeah. <laughs> about whatever their answer might be. Um, <laughs> you know, the coffee sh- So, Jeanette, go, please, please just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What do you find hilarious about the coffee shop? I remember Jonas being particularly <laughs> angry about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I remember in now. No, in, in <laughs> fiction. The, Why would we so talk about it, reality? <laughs> like, people, pe- people in reality hanging out in coffee shops. Yeah, whatever. But when the protagonist in the story who is like supposed to be this intellectual um, monster sensitive uh, observant or whatever person who and they're they hanging out in coffee shops yeah. and they like look out <laughs> at the rain and have some like, introspective oh thoughts repulsed uh, yeah <laughs> it's tiring okay it's very tiring it, it it like from the first paragraph i'm thinking okay this is the writer writing about themselves and how unique they are and awesome because they i just i just i i don't understand why there are so many of these so when i used to do like freelance editing work for this small publisher i got so many of these stories like half of half of the ones that i had to edit were this where it's a protagonist that's not like the other girls or boys or men women and they love cats and they wear like very comfy jumpers and at home they curl up on the couch with some kind of blanket and a big mug of tea and it's it's always raining outside which leads me to believe that it's all said in english like this is probably a british um they always work in a bookshop or their or their partner is someone from a bookshop i think it's it's uh the fact that this kind of person is usually a very introverted kind of person who probably doesn't talk to many people so they don't realize how many people out there are like them they feel like they're the only one who is like themselves 
Yeah, they don't realize that if they were the only people who frequented bookshops, then bookshops wouldn't exist. So, I mean, <laughs> people go there to buy books. Also, it's possibly very young people and maybe, you know, teens are known to feel like they are so unique That's because true. they, you know, they don't know many people. So I mean, I'm not going to lie. At, at, at one point, I did kind of, I don't, I don't think I ever went so far as to go with the whole rainy bookshop cliche but i did rainy bookshop i did when i was younger i did see, i did see the appeal in that kind of uh being that kind of person it's a it's an easy way to make yourself feel unique and accomplished mm. now i prefer my bookshop to dry and just like <laughs> get in get out you know i know what to get i mean i like to read i like the sound of the rain i have cats I like bookshops. Oh my god! But Jenna, but I don't define I don't define it. myself by these things or think that uh, somehow that makes me different than the other millions of people who like those same exact things. Yeah. But do you fact, think that all bookshop owners are stalkers? What? Are stalkers? Have you watched you on Netflix? I have not. When you what do, is about it sounds interesting. When you do, you'll understand. Oh, okay. Okay, to be continued. The bookshop stalker. (laughs) A bookshop stalker. I know, but it's like the other thing where it's like the typical protagonist is stalked. How is that normal? Oh, is that a common Uh, one too? So it's like planning ahead. They want, the idea is that someone plans ahead enough that they'll follow someone else until they're theirs. That's an interesting alternative to planning. It's planning bad things. Yeah. Deviousness. Yes. Because I feel like all the like evil plan is a term that we use because yeah, apparently you have to plan evil. Yeah, the evil. There has to be some kind of intention. That's one thing that used to really bother me, is that so many stories are framed as the villain having an awesome plan and the hero interrupting it, like. So it's automatically easier to identify with the villain who is that proactive one trying to do something where the hero is like just trying to stop this thing that they've put effort into trying to do. Right. And I would like to have a hero who planned to do something and then the villain is trying to stop them and they have to get all these people who are trying to stop them from achieving their goal out of the way. I would like that. I would like that. Surely those exist. I'm sure they do, but it seems like the trope is the villain is doing something, the hero must stop them. That's like Twilight. Yes, yes. Is it? Maybe. I can't remember Twilight, actually. I never read it, but I... They want to protect themselves. The plan is to protect themselves, but then other people want to steal people away. I haven't read it for a okay. while, so I'm just making. Well, protecting it yourself is kind of is not really a proactive plan because you need to be doing it's it all reactive. the time. That's true. Yeah. It's like a main. T- My example is going to be Pokemon because <laughs> Ash wants to become Pokemon Master, and then that's his goal, and he keeps yeah. walking. He's a ten-year-old who yeah. like, travels the world, so you that's can't get fun. more proactive than that. Being ten years old, and starting on your that's quest. a good example. That's a good example. And then Team Rocket Make... keeps trying to thwart him by stealing Pikachu. Yes, I like that. I like that. So Pokemon I'm is a... the kind of narrative we're after. Yes, it's In... the golden yes. standard. 
the kind of narrative I'm after, yes. Well, where good. the hero is where the hero is proactive instead of reactive. That's what I like. Um speaking of reactions. I, well, yeah. yes. That's the end. Yeah. Is it? No, we've got three oh, minutes to go. What are you on about? Do we need to say more on planning? Because I honestly kind of enjoy going with the flow on this one. Do you think there will, will be people out there thinking, gosh darn it, I was looking forward to <laughs> gosh, a bunch it. of talk about planning. If anyone of our listeners says and then gosh they didn't darn talk it, about I don't want planning. them to be there. <laughs> Who are these people, Jodas? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to oh, find something it. that moves from segue, not segue. Golly. From Pokemon yeah. to something else, but I can't think of a question. Yeah, we're done with the podcast, but I thought we could just have chat. Well, I think we need a segue into it. What are we meant to say? Uh, well, that was our episode on planning, which we didn't plan out and it didn't go according to plan, but we had fun. Please support our folks. No, wait. What was the Patreon thing? <laughs> <laughs> you see how hard it is, Joe? Well, what you're meant to say is huge thanks to our Patreons over at patreon.com forward slash Lucid Dreaming for making the podcast possible. Thank you.